This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Are you happy this morning? I'm buzzing with the power of God. And I, I absolutely love his presence. Jesus is alive. He's alive. You should be really happy today. Jesus is alive. Yeah. I grew up, uh, and many, many of you who grew up in mainline denominations probably grew up hearing this. For 40 days in the tradition I grew up in, we would say after Easter, which actually takes place on a Saturday night at the strike of midnight. Now, last night, um, the Western traditions celebrated uh, really Passover and Resurrection Day. The Eastern Church celebrates it in a few weeks. Orthodox alone, I think there are over 300 million just in the Eastern Church who will celebrate the resurrection of the Lord in just a few weeks. Is it okay that I preached on here or is it bothering you? I just want to make sure. Okay. I like it better when I'm close to you. But of course, like we see you fine. I, I, know, I know you do. <laughs> I figured. Um, so at the strike of midnight, uh, I used to be an altar boy, a bad one. Not, not bad at what I did, but we were all uh, interesting. We would line the altar, the poor priest, with firecrackers. Yeah, right, right there. I'm serious. And the moment midnight hit, you know, our church, we lit candles. And the altar boys would light the wicks in the church. Yeah, yeah. And if you asked us why we did it, I'm not joking. I mean, bricks. Of, you, know, you know what a brick of firecrackers is? For those of you who grew up in the South, you know what a brick of firecrackers is. But we did that. Yeah. And the bishop would be in town, their vestments, the crowns. And the moment midnight hit, a little altar boy would... And the whole church. And if, if when... when uh, People who were not Greek Orthodox would ask us, like, you know, just a regular American person. They'd go, oh, why, why, why do you do that? And we'd say, our answer was, because Christ is risen. And they'd go, we're, we're having trouble connecting the two. What, what, what's wrong with you guys? But one thing we did do that was beautiful is the church would go black, and then we would light candles. And we'd start with the bishop or the priest, and it would go and you would light a candle, one for every family, one person. And then we would sing a song. And it's a powerful song. The song uh, in Greek is called Christos Anesti. Good for you. I have a Greek man here. Good for you. I'm not alone. And, and in English, the old ancient hymn of the church is this. Christ is risen from the dead. And with death, he has conquered death. And to those in the tombs, he has given life. You should say, wow. Because you'll face a tomb one day. And the only thing keeping you out of that tomb eternally is what I just said. So we would sing this uh, really throughout that 40-day season. My cousin was the Archbishop of North and South America. And another 
cousin was Bishop of Hong Kong in Asia, I think now is in Northern Europe somewhere. So I am steeped in these traditions, and many of them are so powerful. But something we did uh, for those 40 days is if you ever bumped into another believer from your tradition before you started random conversation. Steph was uh, speaking last night uh, at our table to Ben Fitzgerald, who always, he's watching right now, who always manifests at our table somehow. <laughs> ben is still here, guys, by the way. He came for Jesus 20. And uh, Ben, we love you. I mean, I've been telling you, I don't know what to say. So Ben, <laughs> Ben's still here. And uh, so last night we were, we were eating and uh, Steph said to Ben, you know, something I appreciate, appreciate about you, Ben, is that we don't waste conversations. We talk about Jesus. What else there to talk about? You know, when you really see him, it's tough to talk about other stuff. He's just so wonderful. And, um, and so when you entered a conversation when I grew up, the first thing out of your mouth before you said, who won the Knicks game, was this. You said, Christos Anesti, to another believer. And out of their mouth, they would say what that young man in the back just said, Alithos Anesti. I, I would say to you, and this is what that means, I would come up to you and say, Christ is risen. And you would reply, Alithos Anesti, which is truly he is risen. Or he is risen indeed. Now this was, the, this was the life of the early church. Because you couldn't do what we're doing right now. Yeah. Without dying. Without being killed. You could not do what we're doing right now. So they'd walk up to somebody at the market. And um, if they had a feeling they were a believer or recognized another believer. Sometimes they could see that they were believers through their eyes. When you walk with Jesus you could do the same thing. You see them in their eyes. Eyes don't lie. Christian lingo lies. Uh, outfits lie. Oh, Instagram really lies. From watching some of y'all dance on TikTok, you guys are lying. <laughs> you think you should be dancing, you can't dance. I'm just joking. Your hashtags lie. All sorts of stuff lies. But eyes don't lie. Countenance cannot lie. That's right. That's right. And so they'd see Jesus and they'd whisper, you know, imagine you're going to the market 2,000 years ago. They'd see Jesus in somebody's eyes and they'd go, I know that look. Well, they talk different now. That guy just ripped him off and he smiled at him and blessed him. He must belong to the Nazarene. And so they'd say this, Christ is risen. You know, and that little vendor selling falafel in Israel would go, he is risen indeed. All right. So this is what I would like. I, I would like our church to declare that this morning. And I'm going to say, he is risen, or Christ is risen. And you're going to say, truly, he is risen. Now, that may sound minimal to you, but you mark my words. It sends a tremor through the pit of hell. A tremor. All right. So I feel like we need to stand up and do it with boldness. And you help me on that instrument. You fill it with a big full pad, nothing too high. That's it. That feels right. All right? So I'm going to say Christ is risen, and you're going to say truly he is risen. And we're going to do it three times. All right? Why don't you lift your hands to heaven? I need a little more volume on those keys. <laughs> <laughs> 
and stuff you walked in with, it's going to bow. It's going to bow to the majesty of the King. Are you ready? Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Let's do it again. This feels right. Christ is risen. Again, Christ is risen. One more. Christ is risen. Now give the Lord praise. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. 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 Now wonderful Holy Spirit, speak to us and reveal the majesty of the risen King this morning. Reveal the majesty of the risen King before our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to let you out of here by 12.15, I promise. We got lost in his presence. Gladly, no apologies. It's Easter. Where else are you going to go? Chase a bunny rabbit around? <laughs> All of you came without an Easter egg hunt. Amazing what the presence of Jesus can do. <laughs> All of you came. Ooh. Genesis 3. Genesis 3. Miss Debbie, it's so good to see you. I love watching you worship the Lord. We've known Miss... De Babe, when did you meet Miss Debbie? So you've never not known Miss Debbie. <laughs> Miss Debbie went to OCC when we were young and Blessed Jesse by helping her as a little one. That's how she got so sweet. Thanks, Miss Debbie. <laughs> Genesis 3. <laughs> oh, man. Let's, let's go to verse... Uh, let's just start with verse 1. I was going to say 15, but you know how we love the Bible here. You look at 15, you're like, no, we need more. We need more. We need more. All right. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? I preached on the tree on Good Friday. Some of you heard that. Let me just help you here in verse 1. God only indeed says stuff. People don't indeed say things. Like, what is holy when somebody asks you how you're doing and you're doing horrible and you say, I'm doing great? That's called not indeed saying something. Um, saying I love you, yet not laying your life down from an, for another believer is not indeed saying something. Not indeed saying something looks like speaking in a way that the heart does not know. When the heart connects with the tongue, we call that truth as a lifestyle. And that's why the word is truth. Because what God has spoken rests in his heart. So God only indeed, when we say hallelujah and don't actually mean praise ye the Lord, it's not truth flowing. 
So religion causes us to quote things that the heart is not burning for. Does that make sense? And so we become addicted to the discipline and not the flow of the spirit. It's like loving your plumbing more than the water that comes out so you can brush your teeth. That's what happens. So plumbing is actually made for water. There's nothing wrong with discipline. You should live a disciplined prayer life. You should have that. But if you're not being satisfied by the nectar, then you're missing the point. So the vents here, this ventilation system, thank God it's working. But the only reason the vents are created is so air can flow. So when God says, I love you, he really means it. And so we see this connection here. Jesus said in John chapter 4 that the day would come where we would not be limited to worshiping in a certain place, but that we would worship in spirit and truth. Say spirit and truth. The two go hand in hand. The more of his spirit you begin to live in and walk in and receive, the more truthful your life should look. And the more truthful your life becomes, the more attracted to your life the Holy Spirit is. So the two must go hand in hand. So we all enter a place, and we did today, thank God, where we started crying and ministering to the Lord. What happened? The songs began to match the flame in here. The, the, the lyrics began. So we actually started meaning it. And that's what it looks like to worship in spirit and truth. So, the, the, yeah, one of you liked that. You're right. It only took 28 years to get it. Thank you. Thank you for appreciating that, ma'am. God only indeed says. And so here we see the enemy coming to question what God indeed said. Did he really say, you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? Verse 2, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. First mistake Eve made was to talk to a snake when she could talk to God. Some of the most demonized people I've ever met are the ones who are most into deliverance. And I know them. And sometimes they try to hang out with me, and I don't let them. Now, casting out devils is easy. Sometimes. But I'm not addicted to devils. If they, like Bill says, if they show their face, I put them in the scope, and I talk to them just long enough to pull the trigger. I love that. But some people are more into deliverance than the beauty of the king. There is a spiritual principle. The principle is this. Seek and you will find. You go seeking devils in people, they'll eventually come knocking on your door. It's a spiritual principle. You seek the Lord, you find the Lord. The greatest form of spiritual warfare is burning with the love of Jesus. <laughs> I feel to say this. We're family, right? It's Sunday morning. Um, spotting a devil somebody in somebody and not walking him into freedom is not a deliverance ministry. It's an accusation ministry. Yes. 
God bless you. Verse 4, and then the serpent said to the woman, see, you engage him, he'll engage you back. The serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, And you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. They were already like God. But he lied again. Verse 6, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, which is the way the enemy works. He entices the eyes. And, and a tree desirable to wake, make one wise. We have so much focus on who's right and wrong today. Yeah. Who's the wisest? What's the greatest perspective? How should society function? What's the wisest sermon I can come up with? It's Easter Sunday. How can I wow the people with wisdom? Oh, there's a wisdom that you might think is wisdom, but it's not. It's foolishness. Paul said, he has become wisdom to me. There is one wisdom. His name is Jesus. She took of the fruit and ate it. So now she touched what he offered. She gave it to her husband with her and he ate. Men, you better marry the right girl. Women have an amazing amount of influence. I'm just helping you. Guys, it doesn't matter... Well, it doesn't matter how she looks. It helps. I love that Jess is pretty. But I want to say this. I want to say this. <laughs> Let's just be real. I mean, you know, you got a girl that loves Jesus and she's pretty. Double blessed. All right. <laughs> a woman has been created to influence a man. And when that's coupled with a godly life, she actually causes her husband to soar. All right? Another side note. Don't marry a lady who loves talking to the devil. I, I, I've never understood. I don't know why I'm talking about this on Easter, but somebody's got to hear it. I, I, I've never understood people who bind and loose all day long when they could be singing. It's like the Lord's up there going... I already handled that, but thanks so much. I've seen some intercession sessions that look like WWF. I'm serious. It's like, and the Lord's going, uh, please, please finish. Please just sing me a song. Verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were opened. And they knew that they were naked. Shame came in and self-awareness. Oh, I could go there, but we, we're under a time limit here. If you're more aware of who you are in the Lord than the Lord, you're not who you are in the Lord. <laughs> Do you think the Lord is learning when you go, I am a son of the king? He's going, oh, that's, thanks for the info. I didn't know I purchased you. Didn't know you were mine. Imagine if my son came up to me 10 times a day in the kitchen and said, I am a son of Michael. Eventually I'd go, hey, are y'all okay? But, but how does it truly manifest? Listen, listen. How does true identity manifest? Because many people claim identity to defend their sin. Yeah. 
how does true identity manifest? True identity manifests by saying Abba. That's what the Bible says. Wherein he cries, whereby we cry, Abba. Proof that I'm their dad is when they go, Dad, good morning. <laughs> and proof that I'm their dad is proximity. They're in the house with me. Do you understand? You're welcome. You just got a whole semester without Jesus' school tuition. You're welcome. The eyes of them were open. They saw that they were naked. And now here was the remedy to solve the origin of every issue in the history of humanity. 6,000 years of wars and murder and racism and poverty and cancer. And this is the origin. You're looking at it right here. This is the birthplace. This is the launch pad of it all. And this is the best they could come up with outside of the glory. They made fig leaf underwear. It's the best they could do. So you can literally go from naming the animals to creating fruit of the loom <laughs> in a moment when you leave the presence. Yes. Listen to me. If you want to get dumb really quickly, leave the glory. The wisest people love his presence. And that is found in the sermon with the wise and foolish virgins. What was the, the one difference between the foolish and the wise? Some had oil, some did not. Say, he's my wisdom. Hallelujah. No fig-leafed underwear. <laughs> Verse 8, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They heard, listen to the wording, the sound of the Lord God walking. Who is the sound of the Lord? Who's the word of the Lord? Jesus. They heard him walking. Verse 9. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? It's not that he didn't know. Adam missed his first appointment of fellowship. And as Reinhard used to say, Reinhard Bunke used to say, Adam was willing to move on without God forever, but God was not willing to move on without Adam. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded that you should not eat? Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me. She gave me the tree and I ate. <laughs> he went like this. She did it. <laughs> Don't say that, Alex, if you want to get married. Alex goes, amen. That's not how you find one. <laughs> and the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you've done? And then the woman said, the serpent did it. He deceived me. It's amazing when you leave the presence, you deflect. So the Lord said to the serpent, and this is where I'm going. Are you enjoying this? Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Here we go now. This is called the Proto-Evangelion, or the first gospel sermon. 
I will put enmity between you, the serpent, and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. Seed with a capital S. And he shall bruise your head, and you will bruise his heel. He will crush you, the translation says, and you will wound him. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. Look. Here he says, you will bruise his heel. He was bruised for our iniquity. A bruise is an inner bleeding. Iniquity is inner sin. Inner blood for inner sin. And this is the first declaration. Not the first, actually. But this is a mighty declaration of the resurrection. God crushed the devil in the resurrection. Hang a quick left. This is so powerful. Can I have five more minutes? Well, I can't do that. I got to take a nap. <laughs> got church tonight. <laughs> I'm a pastor now. All right. Genesis 1. This is going to, I'm telling you. I'm sorry, Genesis 2. This is so good. Oh, I want to get you another translation here. Give me a second. You can just feel awkward or stare at the person next to you, make them feel awkward. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, are you ready? I have the new King James, but I, my Wi-Fi is not working. I wanted to give you an, a new American standard. Does anybody have a, I want to do it on a device. Do you, do you have that? Casey, you got it? This is going to blow your mind, and then I'm going to dismiss you. I want you to all leave having never recovered. Hallelujah is right. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to read you this verse. Thanks, Casey. Solid phone. E EMF blocker? You got an EMF blocker in there? Good, good man. All right. All right. Let me read this to you. I'm going to read the verse. You're going to go home and find it. Because in finding the verse, you seek the Lord. All right? Listen to this. I'll give you an idea. It's in early Genesis. Then God said... Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. This speaks of worship, by the way, in the life of prayer. You need the attention, the waters of your heart, to gather. All right? That's why we all worship. We come in to one accord. And let the dry land appear. In other words, we have nothing to stand on until our thoughts are collected toward Jesus. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth. 
and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed, say seed, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Oh my. It seems that the seed with a capital S breaks the earth on the third day. God began prophesying of the perfect seed who would break the limitations of the grave. Listen, listen. And come out of the ground as the first fruits. Now remember, oh, I feel the Lord. I feel the Lord. Remember, remember in John 12, do you remember the Greeks come and the Greeks love to ask questions because we think we invented oxygen. So the, the, the Greeks come to Philip. And this would have happened a million times in the life of Jesus. I mean, if you're a pastor, this happens hundreds and hundreds of times in a month. Somebody comes up to you and says, so-and-so would like to talk to you. They'd like to meet you. So the Greeks went to Philip. Philip went to the Lord. This is John chapter 12. And Philip says to the Lord, these Greeks would like to talk to you. And Jesus pulls one of those answers. He did this all the time to the disciples. Remember, they're not filled with the Spirit. They had to be confused. And this is how Jesus answers this request. All Philip says, by the way, is they'd like to meet you. And Jesus says this. Unless a kernel of grain fall into the earth and die, it abideth alone. But if it goes into the earth and dies, it beareth much fruit. <laughs> so Philip's like, what? I guarantee you. The disciples didn't even know, they couldn't even figure out that Jesus was going to die after Jesus told them, I'm going to die. So Philip had to go, maybe Andrew was near him, he goes, um, did, do you have any idea what that meant? I, I just need a yes or no. Do you want to talk to these people or not? What is Jesus saying? It's not time for them to meet me. One day I'll go into the ground and I'll give my life. I will die as the seed of the Lord, the seed who would crush the head of Satan. And I'll go into the ground. And when I lay my life, my body down as the Lord's Sabbath, let's just stay on the resurrection for like the next few weeks. Is that cool? Because we haven't even gotten in yet. Seriously, we have not, we're not even in the scriptures. We are, but we're, we're just like 8% in. 
as the Lord's Sabbath, he lays his body down and entrusts his body to his Father. Remember, Jesus did not nail himself to the tree. He yielded his life to the Father. Once his body is buried as the seed that went into the earth, the grave, listen, believed because of the foolishness of sin. The foolishness of Satan, the foolishness of the spirit of death and every other principality. The grave believed that the grave was a lion. That's what the early church used to say. That the lion of the grave believed in its victory because it had swallowed a mere man. But the grave did not swallow a mere man. Thank you. You're thanking the Lord. You're right. The grave did not swallow a mere man. Instead, the grave more or less swallowed the likes of a nuclear bomb (laughs) who came to destroy the grave, listen, with the dazzling of his own divinity. You see, it'd be like me giving you an M&M with a grenade in the middle. In its pride, the grave said, we won. But they had no idea who they swallowed. And so the scripture says, oh, had they known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.